vision. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Joining the podcast today, the culture fixer at America's Fixer on Twitter, small business owner from Idaho. Thank you for joining the Dan Kingston Podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I want to get right in and talk about the personal protective equipment. Uh, Last I heard... Donald Trump wanted to make a recycling program for at, at least the uh, N95 masks that people are supposed to wear. If they want to go out in public and be absolutely protected at a minimum. Uh, I'm going to leave aside all of that surgical mask stuff and all of that. I'm not even going to go that way. Now, someone listening, you know, if they're on the far left and they're listening right now, they're going to say, oh, recycling masks. Ugh, he's just going to get people sick. They're not they're not they're right. They're not really understanding that he means they're going to like recycle it from the ground up. They're not just going to like uh, uh, pat it down and then give it to the next guy. Right. Well, right. And the other thing is, is I believe they shut him off so quickly at that request, though, it, I believe it was a very. Uh, intelligent and intuitive uh, idea that he uh, just briefly, and I'm not clear why. I, I have to admit, I didn't see this request uh, that he's or this idea of recycling masks. Something has to be done because we don't have enough. So I, I don't. I don't think that's a bad idea to recycle the masks. But you could see how people will will uh, will question it. You know what I'm worried, uh, the culture fixer, America's fixer, what I'm worried about is uh, recycled masks coming from China, <laughs> that they're using it on sick people and not boiling it and just sending us their used ones. Is that is that irrational? No, it's not irrational at all. And I've come to the point where I'm not buying anything from China. In fact, if something has a sticker on it that says made in USA, uh, I recommend peeling the sticker off and seeing if underneath there is a sticker that says made in China because I've seen that before. <laughs> oh, my God. So I won't buy anything made in China. I, in fact, feel like we should be uh, instigating, and again, very silently, this may be going on, but I feel like very silently we should be making a plan to really punish, and I mean really hardcore punish China, if not with war, certainly with more than we have done uh, monetarily ever in the history of the world, uh, they are fully to blame, fully responsible. Whether this came from a bat, whether it came from a uh, you know some kind of facility, it doesn't matter where it came from. It came from China specifically, and we know that. And there is no reason uh, that we should hold back. We should absolutely lay, I think we should send, excuse me, we should send China a bill. When this is all even close to done, we should, we should send China a bill and tell them, well, you can either send us a check or you can take it off the national debt of the, what you've purchased from us so far uh, in our debt. Take it off. I, it's gone. Take it off. And certainly that might be the first step before we make any further uh, requests. And, I, you know, clearly Donald Trump is the, the best negotiator ever. 
that we've had in the presidential position. So I assume he's going to, and I have faith that he would do something like that. Uh, Still, they are absolutely responsible, and I feel like they should be held responsible no matter what. Uh, Only time will tell if that happens. And, of course, with the Democrats just itching to find anything wrong with anything he says or does and any inconceivable thing that comes of it, Mm. uh, you know, who knows knows where this will go. And they love China. They're Chinese apologists, the the CCP, Chinese Communist Party apologists. Every chance they get, the Democrats would pick China over America. Let me ask you, play devil's advocate, because I I tend to agree – with you, but there are people, um, especially on the left, that will say, "Wait a minute! It was an accident. Poor China. They didn't mean to do this. You know, they they did their best to stop it." Uh, what what would your response be? How how are you so sure that it is China's fault that and it wasn't just an accident? Okay, well, I you know I I'm sorry on this one. I cannot play devil's. Devil's advocate. Oh no, I was I was playing devil's advocate. I, I, I was playing devil's advocate, and I no, want you to go full okay. full throttle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, the reason is very simple. They lied about every single thing that happened, mm. from the number of cases to the number dead, from where it started. Every single thing they misled us every step of the way. Uh, you know, and uh, I mean, honestly. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a, I'm a fan of Donald Trump. I believe he is the best man for the job in the times we live in. But if he messes up, I will hold him accountable. That's what I believe in. I believe he acted appropriately with the information he had on hand. And that information is China was lying and we could not get accurate information from them at all, we had no idea what was coming. I think he got ahead of the curve. Uh, best anybody would have, certainly better than you know previous administrations, notably the last one. Why, why did uh, China lie? Why, why were they lying to us? Was it uh, uh, malicious or was it to save face on their end? You know, I, I, I don't know that I'm even smart enough to answer that question or really uh, that I have enough information to accurately answer that question. I don't have anything against the Chinese people. I never have. uh, No, neither do I, but their government is wrong. Their government's (laughs) evil, right? I mean, the CCP. They're absolutely, the government is horrible, uh, you know, authoritarian and, you know, I mean, welding people in their condos. Did they let sick people leave the country on purpose? That They're infected. Did they let them fly out of the country and infect the rest of the world when they knew they had a problem? Because you know how much they control their borders, their people over there. It's, you know, total, what do you call it, totalitarianism over there. If they had infected people yeah. at the airports, they would know. Did they let them board the planes and fly over the world? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. So it sounds malicious. They they allowed it to happen. And they did it so that because ultimately when this whole thing goes, you know, goes the way it goes, however it goes, if they come out on top, they came out on top. And Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about. The one thing China has never been inconsistent with 
is the fact that they want to be the world leader and the world power. They've never been inconsistent about that goal. And, you know, whether or not this was an accident or it was on purpose, which is not for me to necessarily speculate about, they've never been inconsistent with that goal. They want to be a power. They want to control. It's, It's who they are. It's what they are at the government level. The people just have to deal with it. Of course, some of them are, you know, they're brainwashed. They are going to follow the regime. The rest, they want to go another direction. And I get that. It's, you know, I mean, that's actually kind of something that riles me up about this whole thing and and just pulls back to the left is they want to make everything, you know, a racist thing or whatever it might be. That's not what this is. Can could anybody step back just for a minute, please, and just realize if something like this is going on, you have to make decisions. No one ever in any of our lifetime has had to make a decision like this regarding shutting down borders, shutting down air travel because of this reason. You know, all of it. It's all brand new. Everything is brand new. And the first thing they want to do is, of course, as you know, blame our soldiers, potentially our military soldiers, for infecting them, uh, which is a side conspiracy. I don't even, you know, that didn't get a lot of traction. Yeah, you're talking about Uh, the the Chinese government blaming the American military for the virus, top-level official, and and to my knowledge, has not apologized, has not taken that back. Right, and, and they won't. And they won't. And I'm not surprised about it at all. And I'm also, like most other reasonably minded Americans, not, you know, holding the uh, regular people at hand for that. I'm not holding them accountable for that. You know, this is government stuff. Yeah, they're victims. Uh, Like you mentioned, they're boarded up in their own apartments and left to die during this crisis. So they're victims, really. Oh, they're totally victims. So many. Well, and, and we're victims of them. And right. that goes back to my point. Yeah. They need to be held accountable. I don't see that there's any other way. Uh, you know, and it, I think a lot of it is a, a, a bigger, you know, if we could all take a, I hate to take somebody else's words on this, but I will, uh, Dan Bongino, if we could all just take a 30,000 foot view of this for a minute and just look at what's going on, just pull back. And just look from a 30,000-foot view. It's real obvious what's going on. I mean, it's never been more obvious. You know, and you have, unfortunately, the president who, you know, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. It's just come to that. Very unfortunately. I mean, there is a middle faction of the country that's still willing to hear both sides. But I'm not clear on why... (laughs) They haven't already made up their minds. There has been so many ridiculous claims, so many things that have happened already in the last almost four years. Who who needs more mind? Who needs more time to make up their mind? None. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know. Yeah, in terms of like Trump versus Biden at this point. Uh, not even Biden. I mean, Biden's a joke. Biden couldn't win a freaking you know, 20 yard run to, you know, to a bowl of ice cream. He's done. Biden's done. They're all done. 
You know what I mean? They're all done. Uh, the, the, the only question in my mind at this point is whether or not the American public as a whole, about 65 million, maybe 70 million at this point, whether or not they believe that Donald Trump has their best, um, you know, their best things in mind or whether or not he is playing some just, you know, very outlandish political game to gain trust and do what the left says he is doing. Uh, I've, I've never been uh, uh, afraid to declare my support for Donald Trump. Uh, and I'm certainly not now. <clears throat> I also want to be fair, though. I want to emphasize that I'm fair. Uh, the left has put up nobody as a candidate that could do anything uh, near this. Nobody has, you know, nobody has the ability to handle these problems in the way that Donald Trump has. Trump's shown you incredible know. leadership throughout this crisis and is never getting the credit where the credit's due. And it's infuriating uh, to watch. Uh, I'm in agreement. Let me ask you about the situation on the ground in Idaho. People go into grocery stores in California where I am and they're finding empty shelves. Uh, they, you know, you can still find what you need, but it's a little bit harder. And there's things that are missing that we, you know, just took for granted for so long. And now, you know, you can't find it sometimes or you have to come back, namely toilet paper, <laughs> but also canned soups, also, you know, canned items, uh, beans and rice, uh, things that preppers get seem to be running on low supply. Is it like that in Idaho, too? Uh, yeah, certainly. To to an extent, it is. Uh, my wife and I, I have. Uh, I'm married. I have two uh, young daughters. Uh, we go out every couple of days. You know, we hit all the major stores within 30 miles of us. We live out of town. So, uh, you know, we're about, uh, I would say, 15, 20 miles from the nearest, you know, big city, which is not very big, but it's reasonably sized. There's a couple of Walmarts and a Costco and that kind of thing. Uh, we go out every couple of days. And, you know, stand in the line at Costco or whatever it might be. Uh, now that's the thing. It wasn't a couple of weeks ago or even five days ago. Um, stand, stand today, stand in the line at Costco. We finally got our 30 pack of, uh, you know, Kirkland's toilet paper. That was great. Big win <laughs> for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we had, we had three, you know, Charmin rolls left or whatever it was, you know, we, we haven't actually suffered through any of this. We just luckily sort of found ourselves at least basically prepared for what was going to happen. Did you think it was ever uh, going to come to this in America? Did you ever expect to see this in your lifetime, uh, shelves that weren't completely stocked in America? You know, I, I understand the question, and if I might, I would answer it a different way. And, and that is, is that uh, I was born uh, just when Reagan was president. I never got to be a part of that whole movement. Um, I've always felt like there was something that was going to just happen. You know, things happen in lifetimes. And it had been a long time since anything had happened, you know, that was really catastrophic for the country. And other than like earthquakes, I, I want to exclude natural disasters. Right. In that, right. like hurricanes. That yeah. 
that kind of thing. I want to exclude that in what I'm talking about. I've always thought that there was probably something coming that we ought to be prepared for, you know, make sure we're not always in the bottom quarter of the freezer, you know, when we're, you know, grabbing groceries, if we're that low, well, let's buy some extra, this kind of thing, you know, smart. Um, well, what, what, what gave you that mindset? Was it, um, you know, your folks or, or grandparents or, yeah. or where oh, did yeah. you get that yeah. thinking? Uh, well, I grew up very, very poor, very, very poor. Uh, I, all my clothes until I was 13 years old came from Goodwill or St. Vincent de Paul, something like that. We grew up very, very poor. And uh, it, I don't know that that influenced that. I, I'm not sure which age we all, you know, sort of come online, as it were, <laughs> and sort of figure our own path and, and weigh that against what we've lived through. I'm assuming it's everybody, everybody is different. So, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, What it boils down to is, is at the point in time when you have kids, you have to make some changes. You have to have food in the freezer when a kid's hungry and you have to think forward beyond that. Mm -hmm. You have to think forward beyond that. And I'm, I'm lucky to have married a beautiful woman that also shared my train of thought that said, keep food in the refrigerator, keep more food in the refrigerator than you need. And we've done that. Uh, not always easily, <laughs> but we've mostly done that. And now we come to this. And like I say, we were basically prepared when this came through, uh, when this COVID-19 in, in Idaho, they announced, that they would just like us to shelter at home. I mean, obviously, it's a constitutional republic. So they cannot, like in China, weld you in your condo or your apartment or whatever. They yeah, can't do that. I hope not. They can say, we would like you to stay home. So when they told us they would like us to stay home, my wife, who is in the medical uh, industry, uh, she's on the billing side of it, um, it was no problem. She brought her work laptop home. And she started working and we look, you know, I mean, she doesn't get as much work done because the girls are playing and having their fun all day, doing their things. And we have to be parents and try and work. Uh, and my job as a contractor is really slowed down because nobody is really sure of what's going on. But by and large, it's just come to a scenario where, you know, you just do what you do and it's, you know, everybody should be, if I can just cap that off, I'm sorry, I don't think I answered your question, but let me move forward beyond it because it may answer it anyways. If everybody could just concentrate on being a little bit more prepared, I think the takeaway from all of this is that we really shouldn't be looking to government for the answers. The government has so many cogs and wheels and places where somebody can just get in the way of something working smoothly, unlike a small business, which I'm trying to grow and make sure that doesn't happen. You know, if we could just quit relying on the government to the extent that they didn't have to come out every 24 hours and argue with reporters who are trying to destroy them because they have a different idea or a different way of moving the country forward. 
if we could just be a little more self-reliant. This is what I'm afraid of, is we're all expecting the government to save us. The left, especially. Government, save us, save us. The government's not Superman, and it makes me worried about a national lockdown. Trump's going to be kind of uh, forced in that direction. Because like you mentioned, the shelter-in-place orders are, by and large, unconstitutional. But if the president were to initiate some kind of martial law lockdown, that is in the Constitution, and he could do that. Are you worried that Trump's going to be pressured into that? No, not even a little bit. And I, and I, I, not only do I not think that will happen, but I think certainly in uh, a few states like Idaho, for sure, uh, Texas, I don't, Florida, Ron DeSantis, is, he's a solid guy, but I don't know how this is going to go when they have an outbreak going. So I, I'm kind of on the fence about that one. I mean, you know, when, it, when the line crosses, between a sort of a matter of security and, and infringing on people's rights. That's something we've not been tested with. Yeah. We've not been tested with it. And not so since world war two, right? That's going to go. I, I think that? that, well, I said maybe world war two that happened. Maybe, I don't know. Got it. No, 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 no. I get you. I just mean current lifetime. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. yeah. Everything yeah. I speak of is current lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Everything is so much different now. It the is. Beliefs, the information we even have access to on a daily basis. Right. Things are so much different now. It's just, you know, I, I really don't, um, I don't think of it in the terms, even though I really have a lot of respect for history, immense amounts of respect for history. I don't think anything from history hardly can help us in what we're dealing with right now because of the information age. And, you know, so quickly you can destroy your opponent as they made one bad decision that doesn't affect the outcome type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't have social media back then. So true. Right. They could make five bad decisions and get the important one right. And nobody knew they made five bad decisions. So you now don't see a national Trump's lockdown one bad happening. Word and they're destroying it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's absurd. Everything is absurd to the point now that I would really, if I, if I may, I would like to emphasize to anyone listening, be a little more self-reliant. The government cannot always help you. They how are much food? How much food should people get? Uh, let me just stop you and ask you: How much food should people get to prepare? Because I just crossed my mind. I read a scary article that warehouses are being taxed because people aren't going um, to uh, restaurants as much. More people are going to the grocery stores. Everybody just assumes it's hoarding and everything's going to get back on the shelf. And and some people are raising the alarms and saying, "No, you know, this is taxing." the entire system. It's going to be like this. How much food should people be getting? Cause you know, they say don't hoard. And so I'm trying to just get a few extra things every time I go to the grocery store, but at a certain point you run out of freezer space and then you feel like a jerk. Yeah. I kind of feel like a jerk. Cause I'm, you know, I feel like I am hoarding, even though it's just a few extra items each time. Now I have a whole fridge of stuff and it goes through my mind. Hey, you know, am I, am I a part of the problem or am I taking um, precautions? Am I being smart? What do you think? Well, it, today I bought five pounds of dinosaur-shaped uh, chicken nuggets to make sure my girls can have chicken nuggets for the next two to three weeks. So mm. I didn't buy 10 pounds. I didn't buy 15 pounds. I still have faith in the overall uh, way the system is going to operate. But 
I, you know, I wouldn't underbuy for sure. I mean, you know, you don't want to buy for two, three days. If you have the ability, you should buy for a week or more, preferably two weeks of uh, food. You know, you should have two weeks of food on hand, no matter what. I mean, that's the absolute minimum. Uh, myself, also, if you don't mind me changing topic a little, uh, I don't have any money in the banks anymore. No money in the banks. I have $100 in my business checking, and I have $100 in my private checking. Uh, and the rest I have on cash. It's on me. And it cannot be taken out of my bank account by anyone for any purpose. Uh, I have a little little bit of a problem with what's going on in the banking system right now. Uh, at least a little bit. I think I undersold that a bit. <laughs> uh, I have a problem with what's going on in the banking banking industry right now. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I've, I've pulled out of stuff and I'm, I'm going back to self-reliant mode uh, for as much as I can. And I think that's what people ought to do. People should not rely on the government uh, certainly federal. I mean, federal, their powers are far beyond what their reach should be. Uh, you know, we'll see how that gets fixed in the future, certainly with, you know, us not having the house. Uh, beyond that, we have to work on this reliance problem. Everyone is, you know, tuning into their, and I'm doing it. I'm, I'm part of the same group. We're tuning into YouTube every day around 2 p.m., and we're looking for that Donald Trump press conference where he argues with reporters and we get a little information from the CDC. And that's how we run our lives for the next day or week or however it goes. Know what is going on, but don't be so reliant. It's that's ridiculous. You're setting your family up for failure. Please don't do that. That's yeah. bad. Especially when they're saying stuff that's kind of counterintuitive, like don't wear a mask. A mask will actually get you more chances of getting sick than less. And, you know, it's counterintuitive. We're all sitting there thinking, really? Uh, a mask's going to get us more sick? Now, you know, everyone has a personal preference on what they want to do to prepare, but it seems to me that it's just basic common sense. If you're wearing a mask, you're probably less likely to spread the disease and probably less likely to get the disease. And now the CDC has come out and said that. So if we're all, you know, just looking and listening blindly, then we check our common sense out the window. And is that kind of what you're pointing at? Uh, yeah, I mean, to a, certainly a, to an extent, um, I, I do have, you know, a problem with the fact that the administration came out and said, uh, you know, don't buy masks, don't buy N95 masks, don't buy N100 masks, don't buy surgical masks, they don't do anything. And we now know that they were saying that so that people would stop hoarding them, stockpiling them, bidding on them you know, making all these financial plays for them mm. when really it was just undercutting our, our, you know, the hospitals and everybody else in the, in the mix that absolutely needed them. And so I understand the need. I just don't like the way that it went about is right. how I would say that. And if we weren't uh, so reliant, then we wouldn't have fallen for that. People that were so reliant on everything the government says, maybe they can fall into that trap where me and you are using our common sense and I wish I actually had taken my own common sense and gotten a mask earlier. I didn't. But, you know, I, I think 
the common sense is so key. I love what you're saying about not being reliant on the government. Well, I appreciate that. And the thing of it is, is that uh, when with regard to common sense, is that it's not so common anymore. And anybody with common sense uh, will laugh as I say that. Uh, the the thing of it is, is that even I messed up on the uh, mask front. Uh, I have one N95 mask that I use for work, uh, just so I don't have to breathe wood chips and you know insulation in attics and whatever I might have to breathe. I have one mask, mm. and that's mine, and that's mine exclusively because I've worn it. Uh, my family doesn't have masks. Uh, my girl's grandmother uh, is looking to sew some masks, uh, but then you have the issue there is how seriously do I take this, whatever, whatever, because right. she doesn't have the ability to quarantine the way I've quarantined with my family uh, she's still going to work every day. Um, and you know, she works at a clinic where pregnant women are seen. And so she's still meeting with people every single day. So a new conundrum, uh, is introduced, you know, do I take this mask that grandma sewed, uh, you know, with the pretty stuff on the front for my girls or, you know, uh, do I make this big scene and, you know, like bathe it in, hand sanitizer before I let it in my car type thing. Uh, As I mentioned, we have taken this quarantine fairly seriously. Uh, make that very seriously. Uh, you know, it's one person in the store at a time. If the girls came with us because we went there as a family, then there's, you know, it's one person in the store at a time and, and lots of measures to make sure that there's, you know, no contraction of the virus into the car that then goes to our home, this and that. Uh, we haven't acted paranoid um, in the way we disinfect. It hasn't been an all-out crazy measure of just, you, you know, going through these uh, supplies like the antibacterial wipes and things. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've done a reasonable job of following not only what family has asked us to follow, uh, with regard to quarant- the quarantine, but also what, you know, the government has asked us to follow. We've done a really good job of that. But mm-hmm. you come down to that question of grandma's making masks. So, you know, do we bathe it in? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> do we bathe it in hand sanitizer or, or you know, or, or just uh, let the girls look at it real quick and then we put it in a bag and wash it at home. And, right. And because she's, sure because your nice grandma's have been exposed cycle. potentially to the virus. And so that's the concern. And maybe she, so. yeah. And, and there's so much confusion. So many unknowns. Can it live on surfaces for how long? And they all say, yeah. yes. You know, they say yes, that they seem to, to say yes to everything. It lives in the air, you know, it lives on surfaces. I think as time goes on, we'll learn more about really how it spreads. And now they're kind of being overcautious <laughs> about it. Um, but it's good to take those precautions. I commend you for that. When you have kids, especially like you're mentioning, you just, it just all becomes that much more serious. Um, thank you for sharing how you're dealing with this crisis, for your thoughts on the leadership of our great president. I uh, appreciate you uh, being on the podcast today. And uh, everybody, if you're listening, you can follow The Culture Fixer on Twitter. Uh, his handle is at America's Fixer, and I, I encourage you to do so. Thanks for your time today on the podcast. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. 